Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. And Every Nation Bahrain is a church. Right, I'll be sitting today because I'm old. And weak. <laughs> right. So again, every, welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. And on behalf of my family and of course the volunteers and the leaders, it's a privilege to have you with us today. And um, as you can see, there's a lot of vacant seats. Maybe those in the back can come up front so that you can hear us better. Right now, um, Every Nation Bahrain is a. Oh, this is my family. I'm sorry, I'm confused right now. All right, uh, this is my family. I'm not confused about my family. Okay, I'm just confused of what I'm about to say. All right, so this is my family with me. In, in the back of me is my son CJ. All right, and of course, since I praised CJ last week, let me praise my beautiful. Lovely, generous, loving daughter, Christelle, all right? <laughs> who's, all right, who's just standing behind my wife, of course. It's a privilege to, you know, wake up with her beside me for the past 25 years. And on behalf of the volunteers, like what I said earlier, welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. Now, Every Nation Bahrain is a multi-ethnic, I want you to read it with me, because we believe in this, right? We are a vibrant, Right? Multi-ethnic and multi-generational church that makes disciples and multiplies leaders in every campus, community, and in every campus. And if you're free later, right? If you're free later, please join us in that campus drive because we believe that the next generation leaders are, are at the campuses right now. And it, it's, it's a really a privilege for us to cover them in prayer. And who are students once? Okay, who just refuses to raise their hands whenever we ask you to raise your hands. But all of us were students once, right? But now, right, look at this. We have managers, we have IT professionals, we have entrepreneurs, we have life group leaders, we have musicians, right? We have people with love life, okay? And people who are praying for love life. But regardless of that, okay, our next generation leaders are in the campus, Amen? And we are now in our sixth week of our series called Events. Right now, um, I was sitting in the kids' church while praise and worship was happening. And then they just laid, you know, the kids, they prayed for me. And, and you know, without a joke, okay, without a joke, the pain in my tummy left. I'm still weak, but the pain in my tummy has left. And, and, in this six-week series, right, our prayer is that when we see and experience the miracle of Jesus Christ, right, we respond in faith and repentance. Just like the stories that we've read about in the past five weeks. If you look at it, every single person who experienced, the, uh, the, the experienced Christ and accepted him, right, their lives were changed. They repented, right? And their lives were redeemed. Now, to those of you who missed it, we do have a podcast available on the, of course, in the internet, right? So go on your browsers, just type Google. I won't, make a, I won't do a summary because as a, I, I want to finish in 15 minutes. Wow. Wow. I, I want to finish in 15 minutes. 
And then just go in Google and just just type, you know, Every Nation Bahrain Podcast. All right? Just type Every Nation Bahrain Podcast. And then this will come up, right? It will show you that we have it in the um, Apple Store. Okay? But Apple Store, okay? We have it in the Apple Store. But, right, because Jesus loves everyone, including the other phones and the other brands, it's also available in Spotify. Right? Now, why do I... Some of you might be asking, why am I promoting the podcast shamelessly on stage? Right? Why am I promoting the podcast? Because I believe, right, I believe, I'm, I'm actually encouraging you to share the podcast And it's not because I want the church to be known, and it's not because I want um, the preachers to be known, but because I truly believe in this, that as people see and hear of Christ, lives are transformed. I truly believe in that. And then I see all of you, and that's a proof that when we encounter Christ, our lives are transformed But sadly though, I often come across people who would say that, you know, I'm just beyond saving. Have you ever came, come across people that say, I'm beyond saving? That I'm in so far deep that I could not be saved. That they have this thought that they are too evil to be saved. And I kid you not, I've heard a lot of people say that. Some, some would go as much as say, And with compassion and with boldness and with intensity, someone would actually say that the church will burn if they come into the if they came and join the services. So that's that's what they think. They think that they are so evil that when they come inside the church, it's not them that will burn, it's the church that will burn. So can you imagine the evil inside of that person? And a few of them, and, and I'm blessed to have met them really, a few of them would later on come to me and ask this question, would Jesus still save me? Have you ever asked this question, would Jesus still save you? Because maybe that's you today. It's not because you're not a Christian. Because believe it or not, as Christians, we face temptations every single day. And as Christians, we do give in to temptations, I hope not every day, but most of the time. Right? Like the food, you know? And, and maybe you're asking this question, would Jesus still save me? You know, you have this past. You've done so many th bad things in the past. You've cursed your parents. You've You know, you've, you've joined witchcraft, you've joined, you know, you've done so many bad things in the past, right? You sent love letters to your crush anonymously, okay? We received love letters anonymously, right? There's so many things. Is it because of your past that you asked this question or is it because of your current situation? Have you ever asked that? Sometimes when you're in your office, And then someone would come to you and give you a bribe. Now because of your situation, you just took it. Or maybe it's because of addiction. Addiction to games, to pornography. Right? And maybe it's your current situation that's stopping you. Or even maybe your future. You know, do you have that what-if moment? 
what if I married her? Ah, what if I said yes to him? Right? Is that tormenting you today? And is that the reason why, you know, um, you think that you're beyond saving? Or even as a Christian, right? Even as a Christian, we still do have addictions. I'm addicted to, uh, I can't remember, but I'm addicted to something. <laughs> aside from food, of course, right? I'm addicted to something aside from food, right? When, and I don't have to say what it is. I'm addicted to watching um, Korean novella already. But um, it's maybe because you're addicted and, and you're so addicted with Korean novella that you just you know, don't spend time reading your Bible anymore. You're already a Christian, but then you find this addiction. Right? Or you grew up believing in bad luck. Right? Don't believe in bad luck because that's bad luck. Okay? Or, you, or maybe you have this mindset, right? Your mindset that you're a victim, that everything is every other person's fault. You're a victim because you're poor. You're a victim because you're hurt. You know, maybe you have that victim mentality. And maybe that's the reason why you're asking this question. Would Jesus still save me? Or maybe you went to the best doctors in the whole wide world and still, you know, you're sick. So you ask this question, would Jesus still save me? And to answer that question, I want everybody to stand up in reverence to the word. And open your Bibles to the book of Luke. And we're reading from chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. Right, but before we do that, right, why don't you right, look at the person beside you, okay? someone you don't know, all right, and ask this question, what's your favorite food during a hot day? Someone you don't know, all right? not someone you know, but someone you don't know. What's your favorite food? It may be ice cream, it may be goto, <laughs> it may be tinola. Right? So what's your favorite question? During a hot day. Right. And then, right, if you're, if, come on, just move around and then just sit, come in front, sit in front, just, you know, sit on the vacant chairs. Of course, right, you have to know who, their names, all right? Know their names. Know their names. Okay? So what di why did I do that? I just felt like it. Amen? <laughs> okay. So open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke. And we'll read from chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. That's quite a long uh, scripture. Right? Let's read it all together. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stopped out on the land, stepped out on the land, rather, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not, be, he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me? Jesus Son of the Most High God, 
I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man. Why? For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. So, can you imagine the man? Imagine the man with me. Verse 30. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? What is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command him them to depart into the abyss. Verse 32. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there in the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter this. So he gave them permission. Then the demon came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. So two places, in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus now clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid, right? And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. Verse 38 the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus, but he sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away and proclaiming, away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that you have given us. Father, I pray, Lord God, that this word is not just going to be an inspirational talk, but like this man, this demon-possessed man. Father, may you free us and may you heal us and allow us to live a life that honors you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Right? So, who were here last week? Right? Thank you for coming. Right? And again, if you missed it, it's available on the podcast. Now, this event immediately took place after Jesus calmed how many storms? Two storms, right? This event immediately took place after Jesus counted two storms. Which was what we talked about last week. Now, this happened in the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, opposite to the, re opposite to the region of the Gerasenes, which is no also known as Gadara or Gergesa, not Gergersha, Gergesa, all right? So now, okay, um, what is so interesting here is that the Gerasenes is actually a predominantly, or most of the people living in the Gerasenes were actually Gentiles, right? And, then, and this is so amazing. And then when I realized this, this is just so amazing because I, now I see that the mission of Jesus Christ, even when he was on earth, was not limited to the Jews, but even to the Gentiles. And we'll talk more about that next week. Another verse, but same topic. Now, in the passage that we read earlier, there are 
actually a lot of characters, but we'll just focus on three characters. And we will look at them one by one. Um, hopefully, we finish today. Okay? <laughs> right? Now, we will look at the uh, three characters, namely the demon-possessed man, Jesus Christ, and the people of the Galatians. Are you ready? Right? Are you ready? All right, let's, let's do this. Verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus has stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had, what did he have? Demons with S. Slytherin. Right? S. Right? Demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house, but where? Among the tombs. Now, November is coming. Right? Who grew up spending November 1 in the cemetery? When it's dark, right, it gets scary. But this guy, he was not there for one occasion. He was living in the tombs, among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. So, he already commanded the unclean spirit earlier. Right? Past tense. He had commanded, but the spirit remained. And we'll know more about that later. Right? Um, for many a time it had seized him, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds. How strong was he? Right? Chains and shackles that's made of iron. But he would easily break it, right? He would break this, the chains and shackles, but he would break and but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon in the desert. And to the Jew, the desert is a place of isolation. The desert is a place of danger. The desert is a place of insecurity. And I want to invite you to go back in time with me, right? Place yourselves in the shoes of the demon-possessed man, but don't be demon-possessed, okay? I don't believe in de demon possession. God owns everything on earth, including you and me, so we will never ever be possessed. But I'd like to invite you to put yourselves in the situation, in the shoes of this demon-possessed man. Now, picture yourself staying in the cemetery. Can you stay there? Are you able to stay in the cemetery? Right? Or in the middle of the wilderness? Right? Um, it's so hot. There's no water in the middle of the wilderness. There's no provision. And wait, there's more. Not only staying in the cemetery, it's not only staying in the wilderness, but also you are alone. Who watches horror films? Okay. Aside from Ara, Ara is the only person I know who watched the horror film alone. Okay? Right? Not only alone, okay? He is wounded. He is in pain. He is unclothed, which means he is in shame. Right? And without any doubt, this is not a man celebrating that he is demon-possessed. 
without any doubt, this is not a man celebrating that he celebrating because he has supernatural powers. Without a doubt, this is a picture of despair. Despair. And if you are in despair, why wouldn't you cry? And I, I, I made a render here of the demon-possessed man. What's the first thing that you, see, you, you think about when you see this photo? Is it scary? Is it scary? At first, I thought it was scary. But later on, I realized that this man is crying out in pain. So this picture is no longer scary, but this picture is a picture of pity. Why pity? Because this man is isolated, isolated among the living, and he is living among the dead. Did you get that? This man is in pity. We pity this man because he is just not just isolated among the living, but he is living among the dead. He lived in tombs. Luke 8, verse 27. He lived in tombs. What is in the tomb? Death, decay, darkness, name it, it's all there. Dead dreams, dead ambitions, broken relationships. That's in the tomb and he is living there. Now the man's dwelling place was among, you know, it's a symbol of death and isolation. So if you look back at that picture, would you still be scared or would you feel sorry for this man? This physical location not only reflected his physical circumstance, but also his emotional and spiritual state. State of what? Being cut off from the living. Being cut off from the living. In short, people left him. People thought that he was hopeless. Remember, he, they would chain him, but that's not, it's not, does, that does not work. People just left him for dead. Now, in other Gospels, there's two of them. So aside from this man, there's another demon-possessed man that was with him. But these two were actually driven into isolation. And what's scary about being driven in isolation is, is actually, you know, you can see this in Proverbs 8, chapter 1, or rather Proverbs 18, right, verse 1. It says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. Wow. If you isolate yourself, you seek your own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Right? So, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. If you isolate yourself, that is a selfish desire. And the only, and the only thing, you only want to satisfy that desire. And this is what's happening to this demon, demon possessed man. 
what else? He's not only isolated among the living, from the living, and living among the dead, he is also chained and shackled. Right? For, uh, it says, for, ma uh, for many a time, right? Uh, Luke 8, 27b to 29. For many a time, it has seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and, live and be driven by the demon in the desert. Yeah, yes, he was freed, right, physically, but emotionally, spiritually, something greater than him is still controlling him. He was still driven by the, de the devil, the demons, right? This man's physical appearance, you know, his lack of clothing, and this mention of being chained, right? Tell us, tell us that he lived a life of captivity and torment. Have you ever lived that life? A life of captivity and torment? Something that you did in the past still haunts you today. Something that you did in the past, you know, it's still come, it's coming back to me now. It's all coming back, all coming back to me now. <laughs> Maybe you're still chained to your past. Maybe it's unfaithfulness. Maybe it's a promise that you made that you never fulfilled. This man is chained and shackled. And he is driven by demons. He's, he might be free physically, but if the demon is inside him, wherever he goes, the demon is with him. And not just demon, it's demons. What else? He also cries and harms himself. Have you ever, who, 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 who did that when we were younger? And when we have a broken heart, we harm ourselves. Right. You, you get a blade and okay now you have you know now you po you post it on the internet and then whoever you're courting will feel sorry for you <laughs> he harms himself right mark 5 5 it says here night and day it's not just night but night and day right among the tombs and on the mountains he was always crying not only was he crying out, but he was also cutting himself. Not with a blade. With stones. Have you ever tried cutting yourself with stones? You would scratch it first. Right? Because it's not sharp. And then you start to be wounded. And then you start to bleed. It's a slow torment. And he cries. The man's cries and acts of self-harm, as well as his breaking of chains, this shows the intense, okay? Emphasis on the word intense. Intense inner turmoil he experienced due to the presence of the devils or the demons in him. And this is not figurative. This is something that was happening physically. This is not a, a, a this is not just a you know art of uh, or, or a product of imagination. This is a demon-possessed man who was intensely being tormented. 
And what's worse is that even when he is alive, he eats, he breathes, he drinks. Even what's worse is that the dead lives inside of him. He's still alive, but he's decaying inside. And, and, and the mention of the word legion, right? The mention right, of the word legion is a term used for a large Roman military unit. Large military unit. Suggest that multitude of demons that torment suggest the multitude of demons that tormented him. Is it every other day? Is it every week? No, right? It's night and day. Not just one demon, a multitude of demons tormented him night and day. And you see the empty seats around you. It's empty because someone some of us this week got sick. And it's just one virus that entered our bodies. One demon that entered our bodies. Imagine demons entering your bodies. Imagine a legion entering your bodies. And again, you're, you're still in the shoes of this demon-possessed man, right? You're being tormented, you're hurt, you're broken. But suddenly, out of nowhere, you see from far away the storms. Remember last week? The storms suddenly calmed down. And then suddenly, in front of you, Jesus appears. And why did Jesus cross the lake? That's a question. Maybe because it's, be it's because Jesus heard this man's cries. And aren't you glad we have a God who is alive and listens to our cries? Aren't you glad to have a God who knows and relates to whatever you're going through in your day-to-day -day lives? Aren't you glad that Jesus came? In our moments of desperation, when we feel trapped, have you ever felt trapped? I felt trapped one day when I met my wife. I felt trapped, madly in love with her. <laughs> Again, it was a desperate moment because a lot of other people are courting her. So, uh, in, Anyway, in our moments of desperation, when we feel trapped in our own tombs, you know what? Jesus stands ready to meet us. He stands ready to meet us. His love knows no bounds. No bounds. And His power can break the chains, chains that bind us. So the question I would like to ask you today is this. What are your demons? What are your demons? And maybe it's, see, when I say demons, I'm not saying about the, the demon, okay? The demons are powerless. They're powerless. Right? They're not omnipot omnipotent. They're not omnipresent. They cannot be in two places at the same time. They are powerless. But I want to ask you today, 
what are the demons in quotation mark? Is it financial um, troubles? What is tormenting you right now? Is it addiction? Lust, maybe. And what's more scary is actually pride. Pride. What is possessing you right now? Is it the love for money? That you want to earn, 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 earn. That you put aside family and then you put aside church. That you kept on earning and earning and that you put aside everything. Remember, right? That demon, the demon possessed man. He was isolated because of the demon. And that's when you see that the demon is attacking you. If it that love for money, if that pride, if that hurt, if that whatever it is, isolates you from God and from people. What? And, and maybe it may even be religion. And the sad thing, and what's so funny about religion is this, that we grew up thinking that we should do this and we should do that in order to be saved. But the Bible, you know what the Bible says? It's already been done for you. It's done, finished, kalas. So what is possessing you? Sense of worth? A victim mindset? A desire to socially climb the, the, the ladders of society? Or is it to be accepted and to be loved? Whatever is possessing you, Jesus is the answer. And if you turn your Bibles with me to Luke 4, 18, verse 1. Right, verse, no, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I'm sorry. Right? It says here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is Jesus talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. To what? To proclaim good news to the poor. Are you poor financially? Are you poor in spirit? Are you poor in health? Guess what? There's a good news and that good news is with Jesus Christ. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. What's holding you back? Loans? A promise you've made? Something your parents did? Guess what? Jesus can set you free. He also says that, and recovering of sight to the blind. Are you spiritually blind? Are you physically being blinded? You know what? Look to Jesus Christ. He is to set a, at liberty those who are oppressed. Are you being oppressed right now? Does your boss say bad things to you? Do people in your house say bad things to you? Is your, is your employer doing bad things to you? Guess what? Jesus is going to set you free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Lord's favor is an amazing thing. He is going to give you, give us, extraordinary, miraculous favors. And this is Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ. The second character in this narrative. 
Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he did not say this. It was the demons who said this. Verse 28, he said here, When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do to me? What have you to do with me? Read it with me. Jesus, Son of the Most High God. Not just a God, but the Son of the Most High God. Is there anything higher than the highest, than, than the most high? None. Because He is the most high God. And Jesus is the Son of the Most High God. And it was declared by the enemy, the demons. They were scared of Him. Why was He scared of Him? Because Jesus not only is the Son of the Most High God, He has authority. So whenever you feel that you're defeated, guess what? Jesus' authority is bestowed on you. Jesus, verse 30, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion. Right? For many demons had entered him. Okay, so before you eat lechon, be careful. Maybe this is the drowned pig, okay? Right? Legion. Right? What did the demons do? They begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. They begged him not to command. Command is equal to authority. Authority is on Jesus Christ over all creation. The same authority has been given to you when he died for you and when he went back to heaven. Verse 32 now a large herd of pigs was feeding there in the, on the hillside and they begged him. Wow, they begged him. Have you, do you know the picture of someone begging? Have you ever tried to beg for food? Have you ever tried to beg, beg for allowance from your parents? They begged him to let them enter the pigs. And what did Jesus do? He gave them permission. This was a display of the authority of Jesus Christ. He has authority over the winds and the waves. He has authority over the demons. He has authority over death and sickness. That's the authority of Jesus Christ. And why did he do this? Why did he, you know, why did he come to earth and suffer the death that we have to suffer? And why did he have to display his faithfulness? Why did he do, you know, why, why did he save this demoniac? Why? You know what? Because he loves and he is compassionate. So I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what's happening in your life right now. I don't know what circumstance you're in right now. You are, you know, you there is no place so far away that Jesus cannot save. And when he saves, he, does, he just doesn't save you like that. He also brings restoration and he brings freedom. Not just a physical freedom, but a freedom mentally, spiritually, every kind of freedom, the true kind of freedom Jesus can give that to you. Verse 33, Then the demons came out of the man. He was freed. Right? Verse 35, then people went out to see what happened. And they came to Jesus and found what? They found the man from whom the demons had gone. What is he doing now? 
He's no longer shouting and crying in pain. He's no longer, you know, in among the tombs. He's no longer running to the wilderness. They found the man sitting at the feet of Jesus. Is he still naked? Is he still in shame? No. Now he is clothed. Is he still being tormented? No. Now he is in his right mind. Because Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Verse 36. Right? And this is where it's going to be a little technical. Bear with me. Okay? And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. You know this word healed? This word healed in the original Greek is sozo. Sozo. What does this mean? It refers to the Lord's saving work. And it's applied you know where? In all tenses. When I say all tenses, it means that this word sozo is applied to your past, to your present, and to your future. So what is haunting you right now? What is tormenting you? Your past? Or is it your present? Or maybe it's even your future. Back to the question I asked earlier. Can God still save you? The answer, and I'm, telling, I'm here to tell you, the answer to that question is yes. Jesus has the power to save the oppressed and set the slaves free. And even later on in the story, not only free, but even given a purpose. Another question that I want to ask you is this. Are you willing to meet Jesus Christ? Are you willing to meet Jesus Christ? Or would you like to be the third people in the story, the Gyrosines? See, this is what the Gyrosines did. Verse 36. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. These are the shepherds. Then all the people of the surrounding country, is it some? Did it say some of the people? It says all of the people, all of this Gentile, predominantly Gentile place, all of this, right? All of them came to Jesus and asked him to depart from them. Why? Because they were seized and with great fear. A fear of change. A fear of losing material things. A fear of, you know, a changed lifestyle. Question. Are you willing to meet Jesus Christ? Because guess what? Even in this instance, even in this very instance when people from all the cities pushed Jesus away, you know what Jesus did? 
when the man who had, who had been demon-possessed begged that he might go with him, Jesus said this, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And what did he do? He went and proclaimed throughout the whole city, throughout the whole city, how much Jesus had done for him. Yes, this talks about missions. This talks about evangelism. But I want to focus right now that this talks about God's faithfulness. That even when we are not faithful, He remains faithful. And as we end, I would like you to just stand with me. Forgive me, I cannot stand. And then for a few, for a minute, for a minute, just for a minute, I invited you to put yourselves in the shoes of the demon-possessed man. Now I want you to come back to this present time and put yourselves in your own shoes. And I want you to reflect on this. What are the demons that torment you? And I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. I just want you to be aware and to know what demons torment. What, de what are the demons that torment you? Maybe it's something that, you know, you did yourself. Maybe it's something that someone did to you. And I want you to think about this because we will pray, we will pray for it today. We will, be, we will believe God for freedom because it's written in the Bible that whoever is set free by Jesus, he is free indeed. So what are the demons that, 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 that possess you? What are the demons that control you? What are the demons that cause you fear right now? Father, we are here in your presence. And Father, even at this very moment, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you fill this place with your spirit from the front to the back. Fill it right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, may you open our minds. Open our minds and open our ears. Speak to us, Lord. What are the demons that torment us right now? Just ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. You see, maybe it's your health. You see, I, I wanna, I just wanna say this. Last week in Capernaum, Jesus invited the twelve to get into the boat and to go to the other side. See, Capernaum was the central location where Jesus mainly did his ministry. And, and you can say this, that Capernaum is where the presence of Jesus is. Now, opposite that is Gerasenes. Gerasenes then is a place where the miracle of Jesus, where Jesus is absent. But Jesus went there. In the same way, he's coming to you today. So would you meet Jesus today? Would you meet Jesus today? He can free you. He can save you. He can restore you. 
and you can have a relationship with him. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness, and your grace. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for the truth, Lord. Lord, we are not perfect. Every day, Lord, we are tormented. Every day, we are oppressed. But right now, Lord, may you cut that chain. May you remove the shackles, Lord, that stop us from fulfilling your purpose in our lives. Free us, Lord. Deliver us, Lord. Save us. It may be an illness, Lord. Heal us. It may be a broken heart, Father. Make us whole. It may be insecurity. Lord, remind us of your wonderful promises. It may be anxiety, Lord. Lord, remind us, Lord. Make us feel your presence in our lives. Make us feel that you are with us, Lord. Because you are with us, Lord. And maybe because we just refuse to acknowledge that you are with us, but even right now, Lord God, I pray that every, Lord God, that the pride that refuses to acknowledge you just crumble down right now. Crumble right now in the name of Jesus. Crumble right now. And let gratitude and humility, Lord, grow in our hearts because you are our Father. You're closer. You're alive. And wherever you go, you are with us. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's all receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is God's promise to every single one in this room. He will be with us to the end of age. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for being with us. But before